Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Cobbers, from the land down under, this is the Cricket Badger Big Bash Daily Podcast. Whether you're with the Strikers, the Stars or the Sixers, you might be a renegade, enjoy the heat, love the thunder, like a scorcher or prefer hurricanes. Brought to you in association with bluecrocodile.co.uk. Tie your kangaroo down, put another shrimp on the barbie and enjoy the fun. It's gonna be a ripper. Big Bash 10. Hello everybody, welcome along. It's another edition of the Cricket Badger Big Bash Daily. I'm James, the Cricket Badger. And thank you to bluecrocodile.co.uk for their continued support of these BBL 10 daily podcasts. We've just seen the qualifier final between the Sydney Sixers and Perth Scorchers. Rito's Sydney Sixers triumphed over my brave Perth Scorchers. Quite a few talking points as well from this game as we go through. But first of all, Rito Mitra, thank you for joining me and congratulations. You're Sydney Sixers have booked their place in the Big Bash final. Many, many thanks, James. That was as dominant a performance you can get from a team in the qualifiers. Your brave boys in Orange, they put up a really nice score, but I thought they didn't take the conditions into account, really. They didn't expect so much of due in the, in the, during the chase, and that really changed the course of the match, and what a fine innings that was from James Finch. Yeah, he was excellent. Yeah, that, Josh that opening stand just made the difference between the two sides there. I thought, though, Rita, looking at the pitch early on, um, when Jason Roy... Um, and uh, Liam Livingston came out to open. There seemed to be a little bit of dust kind of popping up. It seemed to be quite hard to play on. It looked like a different wicket as the game went through. It got better for batting as the night went on. Uh, even Ricky Ponting mentioned on commentary at the start of the first innings that wicket was completely a different one and with Duke coming in it was a completely different pitch and the ball just skidded on it was just a batting paradise and I can't just get over that win that was a very dominant performance from my boys yeah Sydney Sixers booked their place then in the final the Perth Scorchers it's not all over just yet they will wait play whoever comes through from the Brisbane Heat and the Sydney Thunder in the game tomorrow whoever wins that goes on to play the Perth Scorchers for the right to then play Sydney Sixers in the Big Bash final so we are getting towards the end of this big bash competition, Rito. Sydney Sixers, though, they topped the table, played good cricket all the way through, like any team. They, they lost a few as well. But you've got to say, overall, they deserve their place in the final. But it's, it's going to be difficult, though, isn't it? Now they have a week off. That can be beneficial. A few niggles and things can get put right and they can get everybody into tip-top condition for the final. But in many ways, whoever comes through to play them will have played more cricket and obviously have played winning cricket to get there. Now with the week's gap, probably... 
they can lose form just like James Wims. He played a 98, match winning 98. He can lose form and get out for a duck. And it's still hard not to get ahead of yourself and consider them as hot favorites for the final. But to set up a home final on next Saturday. I'm hearing probably Mitchell Stark will come back into the squad for that final. Who knows, he will play or not. But he, should, he must play and he will add a very good dead bowling options for Moses Enriquez. Do you think that's right for Mitch Stark just to walk straight back in and take somebody's place for the, the showpiece final when somebody else has obviously worked really hard to get there? Well, probably with the BBL, we see a lot of that. This marquee players coming back from the dead squad and getting straight back into the squad. But it's probably hard on the bowlers who have worked so hard to get to the get the team to the final. But still, uh, we can't debate Mitchell Stark's place in this world. There can be a danger though, can't there? In mixing up a winning team, you suddenly start to change it and the chemistry or whatever that's got you that far can change. You know, you're right, Mitch Stark is one of the best fast bowlers in, in T20 cricket. There's rumours that three or four of the IPL franchises are looking at him in the auction that's coming up in February and his price could become astronomically big if they all start bidding against each other. But it, it can just change the formula a little bit, can't it, if you bring in somebody else left field just for one game? We are still speculating that Mitch Stark will play. Probably given the performance they have, they played tonight. They shouldn't probably change the team. Now I'm thinking, but I don't know. You can't debate that. As I said, Mitchell Stark is a fine, fine, fine limited overs cricketer. His test match form has delved away a bit in the last few years, but still a dominating force in the white ball. Well, looking at the game today, then the Perth Scorchers made 167 for six, which to be honest, after 20 overs, I thought was a decent score. But the Sydney Sixers ab absolutely romped home with 18 balls to spare. They won by nine wickets as uh, Josh Felipe and James Vince stuck on a opening stand of 92 in just under nine overs to really get them off to a flying start there. James Vince finishing on 98 not out, 53 balls, 14 fours and one six for the English opener. And if, if you're looking at the kind of the plays within a play, Rito, from these games as we go through, from an English perspective, Jason Roy made three, Liam Livingston another English contender for the white ball team made 15. James Vince, who has had his chances, never quite taken them. 98, absolutely won that battle hands down, didn't he, today? Yes, James Vince is looking in top form now going into the final. And probably you missed out on Jordan yesterday. He played a nice little hand in the Brisbane hits win as well. But James Vince, and no praise is too high for him today. We have seen him nicking off the ball to slips after playing a flashy 16 or 20, but today it was his night and, and cruelly clearly denied a hundred there. Yeah, we'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, there is a, an incident there right at the end, the final ball of the game. But 69 not out from Josh Inglis. He played really nicely. He used to be on the Yorkshire Academy, Josh, but he um, went across to Australia and then making his name in the BBL and is knocking on the door for potential international selection for Australia. 33 from Ashton Turner. And that stand between those two looked as if they got the first coaches up to a challenging total. But as I say, it was uh, pretty easy for the Sydney Sixers. It was their day though, Rita, wasn't it? I mean, in T20, little, little margins make a difference and every single edge from the Sydney Sixers went to the boundary almost. They had a few drop catches, the Perth Scorchers too. And when it's your night in a T20, it can be one-sided and that's how it proved for the Sixers today. 
Yes, as you mentioned, it was Sixers night, James. The moment uh, Perth Scotchers won the bat flip and elected to bat, then I was looking at the pitch in the five, first early couple of overs. I thought probably it's going to be a hard chase. But uh, when they posted the 167, and I thought I was half, wasn't quite sure about how Sydney Sixers will go about. But again, Dew played a massive ma- role, as I mentioned earlier. One thing that I would like to mention about Sydney Sixers, they have only won two games in the league stage, bowling second. So that's one thing they will be they will worry about going to the final in changing times like these make a change yourself buy your own home still living with parents or renting why not buy your first property mortgage rates are lower than ever speak to blue crocodile blue crocodile yeah blue crocodile they'll get you the right first time buy a deal by searching the market for the most competitive option for you they don't bite they're just straight talking people like me give them a bell or go online blue crocodile Let's choose our bluecrocodile.co.uk cricketer of today's match. And I think this might be quite a short conversation, Rito. If you're on the same school of thought as me, a number of candidates that we've spoken about who had good games today, but who would be your nomination to be the Blue Crocodile cricketer of today's match? Well, it's a no-brainer today, James, I think. The flashy right-handed batsman, the stylish right-handed batsman from Hampshire, James Vince. Yeah, he played absolutely exceptionally, didn't he? 98 not out for James Vince. It astonishes me, Rito. You, you watch him play play in games like that even in some of his test innings as well and some of the one days that he's played for England when he's playing nicely he's as good as anybody he plays every single shot it looks like he's got plenty of time to play the ball but you stick an England shirt on him and he gets to 25 and he edges to slip and that's been the story of his career it must be so frustrating for James Vince because he's got all the talent in the world doesn't he he certainly has James that 83 or 87 when he was run out by Nathan Lyon at the Gabba in the first innings of the tour if he had got a 100 over there maybe his career would have taken another but there are certain players who are just so, so unlucky. Even in England, we see a lot of players like that. We have had Mark Ramprakash and then Graham Heek, who were extremely talented, extremely stylish batsmen, but still denied by fortune. You could say that if um, if James Vince had been born into another English era where the white ball team wasn't quite so strong, he might have had a few more chances and, and potentially might have made a bit of, bit more of a fist of it. But could, could you see him coming again in an England shirt? I mean, he's still obviously playing very nice cricket, as we've seen today. That 98 not out, was it? was a terrific innings he's still only um, what 29 um, coming up to his 30th birthday so there's a few years in him yet probably the only spot that is available for him is at the top of the order if Jason Roy doesn't have a great India series probably he will come back into the contention with his fine performance in the BBL 3-4 they're all booked down with Joe Root and Owen Morgan in the ODI scheme of things I'm talking about well I think uh, some days on this uh, podcast I've argued and I've gone different routes to the uh, fan badges in terms of the Blue Crocodile Cricketer of the Match but no doubt today James Vince 98 not out steering the Sydney Sixers to their target of 168 he is today's bluecrocodile.co.uk cricketer of today's match Thank you to bluecrocodile.co.uk for their support of these Big Bash dailies. Remember, the housing market is still open, so if you're looking to take advantage of the stamp duty holiday, you're going to need a snappy solution. If your question is, what's the right mortgage for me? The answer is bluecrocodile.co.uk.
Right, Rito, let's get into some of these talking points then, because we did see a few, and we'll start off with James Vince. We were discussing on our WhatsApp group how nice it was to see Daniel Hughes trying to play for Vince. He hit a four, only one run required, still three balls left of that over, and Daniel Hughes dotted the last three balls of the over to try and get James Vince back on strike so he could get to three figures. It didn't quite go that way, did it? And maybe just left a slightly sour taste in the mouth. I'm obviously the Perth Scorchers fan on this podcast, and I wasn't really happy with that final ball. Yeah, that was very poor from Andrew Tyke. Probably he didn't do it intentionally as we thought. Maybe it has it slipped out of his hand, but still to bowl such a big wide with one run required, it's inexplicable really. Earlier it was so nice from Daniel Hughes and the duckwout also was applauding Daniel Hughes. At times we see the management uh, trying to say wrap it up as quickly as possible. You will get a chance to make a hundred in another match but still the dugout was applauding Daniel Hughes for blocking out the balls. It wasn't very good from AJ Try. The way that seemed to go is that Daniel Hughes seemed to be playing for James Vince and James Vince kept coming down the pitch to, to, to Dan Hughes and saying, you know, don't worry about it. I'm fine. Just get the run, but let's get into the final. But, uh, Hughes made sure that he got James Vince back on strike. <laughs> you, you are very nice, Rito. Um, and you say you don't think it was necessarily intentional. I do. I don't think you bowl. A, uh, I think if you're coming in there with a the batsman on 98 not out, you've got to basically say you've played really well. This game is lost. I'm going to try and bowl my best ball at you to stop you getting getting an easy hundred, but it's going to be my best ball. That was one of AJ Ty's worst balls. I, I think that was that was a little bit naughty myself and I, I didn't like it. I, like I say, I'm a Perth Scorchers fan. AJ Ty's one of my favourite players in that orange shirt. I didn't like that as a moment. He just seemed to be intentional to deny an opposite player three figures when he, he deserved to get to three figures. And the way this tournament's going to go, or the way this tournament could potentially go Rito is Perth Scorchers if they win their consolation game if you like to get through to the final it could be a repeat performance of Sydney Sixers against Perth Scorchers in the final and that, that might come back again that like, little narrative between those two players might come back again Yes if Perth Scorchers do well to qualify for the final which I hope it's in Sydney now as James Vince mentioned tensions might be quite high in that match with AJ Ties. I thought it was a, he probably tried to bowl a back of the hand slower ball and it went horribly wrong but still, only he will know, as James Vince said. Yeah, I mean, we, we we can't get inside AJ Ty's mind. As you say, it might have been him trying to bowl something extraordinary. And as it turned out, it turned out to be something awful. And uh, James Vince finishing 98, not out. Having said that, you would, if you are James Vince this evening, those two runs don't really matter, do they? You've played the, the match-winning knock in what effectively is a semi-final of the Big Bash League and you've nearly single-handedly taken your team to, to the victory line. And we, we speak so often, Rita, about players playing good innings but not being there at the finish. Well, James Vince took it all the way through to the death and you can be really proud of that. Yes, that 98 is probably as good as 115 in a losing cost, probably. Yeah, 98 in a qualifier-winning scenario. Yeah, don't forget Josh Filippi as well. He was the aggressor in the initial part of the innings and then halfway through it, Jane Fins looked like he put his foot on the gas and went past him. But Josh Philippi, he was excellent as well. We'll leave the jury out, shall we, on AJ Ty. It just did leave to me a bit of a, a sour taste in my mouth as we as we finish that game today. But kudos to the Sydney Sixers. They were the better team in this game today. They go through to the final. One of the other talking points was the Mitch Marsh dismissal, which was extraordinary in a, in a completely different kind of way. Mitch Marsh at the time was uh, new at the crease. He was two not 
out. Um, he was adjudged by the umpire to have been caught behind off Felipe down the leg side, bowled by Stephen O'Keefe. The replay suggested that he was a country mile away from that ball in terms of hitting it. Two things really as a result of that in terms of discussion. We, we've discussed DRS and the lack of it in Big Bash to death, haven't we? But DRS, if that had been referred, Mitch Marsh would have still been there. Mitch Marsh played one of the big hands, didn't he, in Perscorch's victory over Sydney Sixers earlier on in the tournament. So that was a big wicket. But his reaction to being dismissed, I don't care what cricket field you're on, Rito, anywhere in the world. I don't care how bad the decision is. You don't argue it the way that he did. Yeah, Mitchell Marsh, that was a huge wicket. We have talked a number of times about DRS being used in this competition. But yeah, Mitchell Marsh, he was absolutely filthy with his dismissal, which was given wrongly out by the umpire. He missed it by a fair margin in the end, as the broadcaster should. But still... You have to respect the umpire's decision and move on. And he can now take a fine for that. And probably his place could be in jeopardy for the next match. His supporters would respond by saying, well, you would be angry when you've had that that dismissal. But that's not how cricket works, is it? You, you have to basically take the rough with the smooth when it comes to umpire's decisions. You know that DRS isn't in this tournament. And if you get a howler, which that was a howler, you just got to bite your tongue and get behind the scenes and then throw your bat against the wall. You can't do it out there in the middle, can you? No, if you have to use any explicit, get back into the dressing room as soon as possible and you probably take it out over there, but not on a cricket field with so many cameras on you, crystal clear stump mics, anything, it's going to be picked up and you will be get signed for Scotches. You can totally understand him being really annoyed and, yeah, quite rightly really annoyed because it's a big game there. But, I mean, Ben Stokes tweeted earlier on today, Rito, DRS isn't there to make the umpires look bad. And we've spoken about that before on this podcast. It's certainly not. DRS is there to help the officials get to the right decision and not to be exposed like they were in that game today. But Ben Stokes continues, why on earth aren't all competitions using it? It's frustrating to watch something like that happen when it can so several O's in that uh, word, easily be fixed. And that's the frustration with this tournament, isn't it? You know, it's not hard to rack up the technology to actually have that referrals. When people say it takes time out the game, yeah, but you want the right result. And I'm sure Mitch Marsh would have quite happily hung around there for three minutes to get the right uh, decision off that uh, off that ball and not be sawn off for two. Yeah, to people who say it lengthens the game, take out that strategic timeout, as I said in uh, one of the earlier podcasts, take out that strategic timeout and use that time for that DRS. As you said rightly, that it helps the umpires to improve their quality as well. They don't mind international umpires nowadays. They don't mind the DRS being they just see it as, a, it as a tool to help them officiate better yeah because when it first came in Rito there was lots of discussions about it as there have been all the way through the duration of DRS and I can't actually work out how long it's been around now because I watched a, a replay of an old test match the other day and wasn't expecting DRS to be part of that and it was and it's been around longer than I think people realise but kind of talk was well this is going to undermine the umpires this is going to make uh, make them look silly because it's going to kind of reverse decisions they've made on the pitch but as you say I think most umpires these days see, see themselves as working in tandem with the technology to get to the right results and rather than actually have as as we saw today the umpire's decision actually in the scorebook DRS actually stops that happening doesn't it and stops the umpire being criticised later on all of the top umpires have said now if they make a wrong mistake they just expect the DRS to correct them and move on they don't remind it and DRS probably came in at 2008 and probably initially the umpires had a bit of a stigma towards it but now it's all gone they say it as a tool to officiate better (laughs) 
It's a brand new year and it's time to get your finances in order. Is your mortgage deal ending in the next six months? It's time to use bluecrocodile.co.uk to snap up a new deal. Blue Crocodile will search the market to get you the cheapest possible deal. The people to visit for the best mortgages for you. Bluecrocodile.co.uk the other thing I thought today, and it, it wasn't a ma- major incident in terms of the game itself, but there was one uh, period in the towards the end of Perth Scorchers uh, innings where Ash Turner, who I thought batted really nicely today, he came back for a second and it was a very close call on the run out and they went upstairs. It's not something I've noticed before, but there's been three or four incidents. Um, there was a Tim Payne incident in the, in the recent uh, series against India in the test matches. There's been a couple in this big bash where... When you get that side-on view, one frame shows the bat just short of the crease. The next frame shows the bat just over the crease. There's nothing in between to actually work out exactly when the bales are removed. And we're talking about fine margins here. And we're talking about certain you know, run-out decisions that can actually lead to changes in the momentum of the game completely. Surely there's got to be, cricket needs to have a look at that in terms of what cameras it uses on those side-on shots of run-outs and stumpings. Because, I mean, I, I've watched some nature programs where they have something like a trillion frames per second. It's slight exaggeration, but you know where I'm coming from. So if you just add a, an extra a few frames per second in the cameras that are side on you don't have that kind of ambiguity where you're not quite sure what's happened from that frame to the next frame and then you know for definite whether that batsman's in or out you made a good point there i had actually forgotten about that run out if that run out uh, if the result had gone the other way you we would have heard a lot of noise from the sydney camp over that run out because in the first frame we saw the bat short of the crease and the bales not broken and the second frame the bales were completely broken and the bat was inside the crease now it the bales takes some time to break completely as we all know so the camera was losing certain frames there and probably cricket australia and the broadcaster will have to look into the production if they can better it for the next season because these are all crucial crucial moments in a high octane situation it just seems to me to be an easy hit that that uh, you know we know that these cameras exist they might cost a, a couple of extra pounds but you know that that frame between frames at the moment they get the benefit of the doubt really the batsman and quite rightly because there's no proof either way um, but we saw tim payne i think uh, just from memory i think tim payne was let off in one of the tests innings he they deemed him as being in because there was no proof that he was short when really if you kind of used your judgment on on kind of the process of the bat and the process of the ball probably would have been out but there was no proof of that so they had to give them the benefit of the doubt and I think I just think if you're going to use technology use the most advanced technology you can and get to the best decisions that you can even in, with the team pen dismiss uh, run out of it was quite similar to this one the pr- previous one showed that he was a bit short and the next one showed he's completely in now it takes some time and the cameras are losing some frames we have to get to the better cameras now I think well, Perscorch is then winning, well, sorry, <laughs> as wishful thinking, <laughs> Sydney Sixers today winning by nine wickets with 18 balls remaining. That books them into the big bash final on the 6th of February. Perscorchers now need to hang around to find out who wins tomorrow's game between the Sydney Thunder and the Brisbane Heat. And Rita, looking at that game between the Thunder and the Heat, I and mean, we spoke about it yesterday on the podcast when we had Michael on, who was our Brisbane Heat fan. Um, he's not particularly confident. Um, going into that game. Brisbane Heat have built up a little bit of momentum, haven't they, in this competition? They might not be playing vintage T20 cricket, but they're starting to win matches. And the Thunder will be just a little bit nervous about that game, I think, now. First of all, it was a big shock to see the Brisbane Heat qualify for the playoffs. With the squad they had at the start of the tournament, we had all ruled them out of probably they were going to finish at the bottom of the table. It is a fine achievement for them to qualify for the playoffs and every victory from now on as an achievement. Yeah, I think that's Michael's view on it now, that 
that his his team by getting into the playoffs have exceeded expectations and the fact they've already won one of their playoff games means that they've exceeded them even more so if they go down showing a little bit of fight in that game he's not going to be too bothered if they beat the Sydney Thunder then it's basically miraculous and they're, they're delighted I think that's that's the way to look at it if you're a Heat fan well, James I would say probably if Brisbane Heat uh, beat the Sydney Thunders then you were going to look at very easy opponents going to that challenge Thunder though they've been in really good form Hales, Kawaja, Ferguson towards the top end of their order some good bowlers as well in their pack you come to this kind of phase of the 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 playoffs though it's a one-off game anything can happen the Thunder will be a little bit nervous coming into this game because by rights they are the better side in this big bash than the uh, Brisbane Heat but they still need to be on their game Rito and we talked yesterday about that top three if the Heat can get into them early uh, and get them on the back foot a little bit that's their biggest chance of winning that game I think yes Sydney Thunders are top favourites going into tomorrow's game but Brisbane Heat can be a kind of a banana appeal for them they might just slip on it and go down as we hope it won't we are Sydney Thunders though our top favourites for tomorrow's game totally agree and that be interesting we're getting them coming thick and fast just three games left then in this big bash 10 um, congratulations again to the Sydney Sixers who are in the final per scorchers live though to fight another day by virtue of the nature of these playoffs and we'll be back again tomorrow Ash and Michael joining me the uh, two fan badges for the Thunder and heat respectively. Rito, you've flown solo today. I appreciate your efforts and congratulations again. This Perth fan says congratulations to you and hopefully my brave boys in orange can come back and uh, get through to that final to meet you again. Congratulations on your sixth success. Yeah, waiting for your brave boys in orange for in their final, James. Although, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure as always, Rito. Um, speak to you again very soon indeed. Thanks for listening, everybody. And thank you to bluecrocodile.co.uk for their continued support of these BBL10 dailies. We're getting towards the pointy end, listeners. Make sure you stay with us because we'll be on every single day all the way through to the final on the 6th of February. I've been James, the Cricket Badger. And I'll speak to you again tomorrow. Big Bash 10. Thanks for listening. We'll bring you another edition of the Cricket Badger Big Bash Daily Podcast in association with bluecrocodile.co.uk tomorrow. See you then. Sports Social Podcast Network.